When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills even accurate? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million to save. Visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome, everybody. Friday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show kicks off right now. I cannot believe it is December, but here we are. Some big things to talk to you about today. The red state, blue state throwdown last night. Ron DeSantis versus Gavin Newsom. Big uh props, high five, and uh kudos to Sean Hannity for pulling it all together there on Fox and getting these two guys together. I, I watched the whole hour and a half of it. I, I thought it was generally interesting. Clay and I are going to break down both the substance of that exchange and and then some of the, the policy fights and, and disagreements that came from it over the course of, of this hour with all of you. Um, just also some news. Uh, Justice Sandra Day O'Connor passed away, 93 years old, uh, passed away today. So there's that. Uh, first, uh, first woman on the Supreme Court. And we also have George Santos is now a former Republican member of Congress. And I have some slightly, uh, well, we'll see different sense of this, different analysis on this than some people I think might have based on the realities of what this means politically and the precedent that it sets. But Clay, let's start if we can, if we can, let's begin here with, um, the biggest takeaways from last night's debate, which are for me, um, Ron DeSantis, and I'll start with this one. I thought Ron DeSantis overperformed relative to expectations based on what I've seen from him in other debates. I think Gavin Newsom underperformed because he didn't even manage to be fun, evil Keanu. He kind of (laughs) turned into a slimy, disingenuous, and kind of nasty lib politician. So, I mean, for for me, it was a big win for for, uh, DeSantis just in terms of what it was. Will it move the needle uh, for Iowa or anything? I think probably not, but... What we saw was Ron DeSantis, I believe, 
more comfortable really going after a Democrat than he is even his fellow Republicans on a debate stage. And Gavin Newsom really with a very weak defense of what he has done in his state. I thought that Ron DeSantis slaughtered Gavin Newsom. And earlier this week, full disclosure, I thought I was wrong. I thought Gavin Newsom would be very likable. I thought he would come across as intelligent. I thought he would filibuster the attacks. Remember, the facts are all on Ron DeSantis's side. He has done a better job as governor of Florida than uh, Gavin Newsom has of California. And I thought from the opening moment, DeSantis just massacred him. And I don't know if you've seen this, Buck. Um, and by the way, I'm curious to hear from our listeners out there, 800-282-2882, uh, if they want to call in and be able to uh, to react to what they saw. But I thought DeSantis came out and immediately put Gavin Newsom on his back foot with uh with this line if we play cut six this happened in like the first five minutes of the debate uh and DeSantis went right after the fact that Gavin Newsom's own father-in-law had left California for Florida listen to cut six and I thought this basically epitomized the entirety of what the debate went it went and sounded like for both men listen so i was talking to a fella who had made the move from california uh, to florida and he was telling me that florida is much better governed uh safer better budget uh, lower taxes all this stuff and he's really happy with the quality of life and then he paused and he said you oh, know by the way i'm gavin newsom's father-in-law so we do count gavin's in-laws as some of the people that have fled california um and come to the state of florida and so from that moment, Buck, I just I didn't really think that there was any kind of reaction at all uh, from Gavin Newsom. He tried to throw punches back. I thought that uh, Sean Hannity did a really good job of integrating all the different uh, all the different facts and that Gavin Newsom wasn't able to filibuster and respond very well. Well, you know, Gavin Newsom, when he was presented with things like CDC data, just came up with. Different data that he thought he could cite and everyone's saying, well, hold on a second. Are, are you saying that the CDC data on this issue is false? Because if you're just going to pull statistics that no one has vetted or checked or, or has access to, and I think fake or, you know, I think he was, um, being dishonest in the, in the way that he did it intentionally. So, um, that creates a, a problem for the debate. I mean, for me, Gavin Newsom is addicted to misdirection and lies and, uh, being disingenuous and being dishonest. I, I, that's really his skill set. And it, he, I, I think he started to become a little bit surly pretty early on in the debate because, you know, there, what he tries to do, um, is, and this, this we called in advance. I said this was going to happen. This absolutely did happen. He goes, well, California has the fifth largest economy in the world and California has all this great stuff. Yeah. No one's saying that California isn't an amazing state. You know, in terms of the geography and the history and, and the wealth creation over time, the debate is what is the Democrat government of that state doing and what are the effects and doing in recent years? What are the effects and what has Florida's government been doing and what are those effects? Right. So because, as I said yesterday, it takes a long time for the iceberg, so to speak, to melt. Ruining California is a multi-year process. You know, where we saw this claim in New York City. When de Blasio took over, 
He was handed a very safe, booming New York. It was doing phenomenally well. And for the first few years, it was New York's doing so great. And everyone kept saying, well, the trend is in the wrong direction to Blasio. The trends. And by the time he finished being mayor, guess what? The city had gone through a big increase in crime, a lot of people leaving, etc. Same thing's true of California. I, you know, you can't tell me what you inherit, you know, don't tell me that what you inherited was great. Yeah, we know that. What has he done to it? And I think that was where he really started to fall apart. I mean, on the issue of crime, for example, he just ignored some of the, he just ignored the data, which shows yeah. that violent assault per capita is much higher than it is compared to Florida. Um, and, you know, I, I think that this was good for people to see. But it's also a little bit disheartening because the fact that anyone could live in California as a Democrat and think that Gavin Newsom isn't doing a terrible job is shocking to me. No, I I, I agree. Look, three other things that particularly I thought stood out. Um, one, the poop map, uh, the, the the graphic that DeSantis pulled out of San Francisco and basically said the only time you will even clean up San Francisco uh, is when you actually uh, when you actually have the Chinese premier coming. I thought that was great. Um, I, I thought the graphic language in books where uh, DeSantis pulled out examples of things that are in el- elementary schools that they're trying to take out. I thought that was particularly compelling. Um, and the other thing I would say was, for those of you who didn't watch it, at the end, both men said, oh, let's continue. Ron DeSantis said he would keep going. Gavin Newsom said he would keep going. Politico is now reporting that during that commercial break, because I was like, oh, I guess this thing's going to continue. During that commercial break, Gavin Newsom's wife came out and said, no, this is over. And if your wife throws in the white towel on you, uh, I would just say that's a sign that objectively watching this thing she is not liking how it go- is going, Buck. I thought Gavin Newsom seemed unprepared. I thought from a uh, from a debate perspective, he seemed uh, unchallenged. And I think this is where being in a one-party state, he's not used to actually being confronted with facts showing that he did a bad job because so many in the media exist to propagandize for the Democrat Party in the state of California. I thought as a result, he was not prepared to actually have to deal with facts that were uncomfortable and did not support the narrative that he wanted to sell. I want to get back into this. We'll talk about a lot of the specifics here, including on crime, immigration, the economy. Uh, the abortion question got some attention last night. We'll dive into all that this hour. We want to hear from you, 800-282-2882. Um, I also do want to share my sense of the Santos thing. Uh, but, Clay, you know, you're up in New York City right now, my Still my home. It'll always be my hometown. And uh, you're doing something really cool. I wanted you to tell everybody about it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, Tunnel Towers does incredible work, and this is their gala event. There are going to be 900 people in New York City tonight helping to raise money for the widows of first responders, fallen police officers, uh, our, our military that have lost their lives, uh, to help them be able to deal with the loss of their loved ones. This is one of the biggest fundraising events they do all year, and I'm going to be up on the stage helping to emcee 
along with uh, Pete Hegseth, along with Lawrence Jones from uh, from Fox News. They brought Cole Hauser, who plays Rip uh, from Yellowstone. He is the donating best character his time. on Yellowstone, I think. Maybe one of the best characters on TV. Period. He and Beth Dutton, uh, one of the most popular couple uh, costumes for the last several years for Halloween. I've never met him before, uh, but Cole Hauser is donating his time. Drew Brees, because they all recognize how important it is. And you know, 38,000 veterans are experiencing homelessness right now across our nation as winter is here. That's simply unacceptable. And Tunnel the Towers is committed to not only helping the widows, but also all of these homeless veterans. What Frank Siller is doing is flat out incredible. And I know everybody's busy during the holiday season. I wanted to come up here and donate my time to help them raise more money. But I also want to keep asking you guys to give and help us continue to do incredible work for this foundation. So, look, uh, here's what I'd like for you to do. If you or someone you know is a veteran dealing with homelessness or you think they're at risk of homelessness, Tunnel Towers is asking you to help complete an inquiry form at T2T.org. So, look, donating money is important. So is helping Tunnel the Towers find people that they can help get off the streets. Uh, again, T2T.org, T2T.org. And if you're fortunate enough during this holiday season to have $11 a month, Buck and myself are both donating our time, our money, our resources to help these guys. Can you do the same for the holiday season for us? T2T.org, $11 a month. Help get homeless veterans off the streets and help with $11 a month if you can at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Join us. By the way, we'll take your calls when we come back reacting to this Ron DeSantis going up against Gavin Newsom. The debate, was it as much of a massacre as both Buck and myself thought? Buck, I was wrong. I thought Gavin Newsom would come off and be incredibly, to use your word, oleaginous and uh, oily and unctuous, but also kind of a guy that you might want to have a wine with, maybe at the French Laundry. Instead, I thought he got his ass kicked. We'll take some of your calls. We'll react to that. Santos out. We've also got Jeremy Boring and Ben Shapiro uh, from The Daily Wire. They've got a new movie out that I've got a small cameo in. And I believe, am I correct, Kurt Cameron is going to be in studio. I'm not going to lie, Buck. I'm super excited to get to meet Kirk Cameron uh, in person, given the fact that I grew up loving the television show Growing Pains. Mike Seaver, one of the stars of my childhood, and Kirk Cameron will be here. Loaded show for you, Friday edition, as we roll you into the weekend here on Clay and Buck. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Voices of sanity in an insane world. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. We're going to get some of your calls. All the lines are lit. More calls will be taken as we speak to folks. So remember, 800-282-2882. Light them up as we, as we get through it. And, uh, speaking of lighting things up, you know, I was just uh, with my, uh, one of my brothers last night. We're setting up a range day next weekend. I'm really excited about it. Going to get out there. Going to train two gun drills. Going to be shooting some steel. Going to be working on the basics, the fundamentals. And let me tell you, it's great when I can get out of the range, but I can't always get out there. Sometimes, honestly, it's all booked up or it's just tough to be able to get there when there's range time open. So that's why I've got a Mantis X system at home. And this is awesome because you get better at shooting at home. You get out to the range and you're like, wow, my trigger pull, my sight alignment, I'm just improving without even having to do live fire because Mantis X is an electronic training system. It actually can help you with a whole range of different shooting sports as well handgun, rifle, shotgun, archery, if you get the X-10 Elite, for example. But just go to MantisX.com. Check it out for yourself. It's also a phenomenal gift for someone in your family who you know likes shooting. Um, and if you happen to be somebody who likes shooting yourself, you're like, hey, I'm going to get myself a gift for the holiday season. So go to MantisX.com. Check it out today. Mantis, M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. It's kind of addictive. Once you start using this program and you start using the laser training system, you get better and better. And that trigger pull, I'm telling you, you're going to really see the difference. So go to mantisx.com. All right, Clay, you pick first, sir. Who do we, t- who do we go to? Yeah, let's go to John in Florida. He says he's a former mayor of a beach community. John, what did you think, uh, of DeSantis's performance last night against, uh, against Gavin Newsom? Well, of course, I'm, uh, biased. I'm pro, uh, DeSantis. But he knocked it out of the park last night. Honestly, I didn't hear Newsom answer any questions. Yeah. He diverted on simply every question that was asked of him. I Thank you for the call. Uh, I I agree. Sean Hannity did a great job of citing factual data and saying, hey, can you guys discuss this? 
And then there wasn't hardly any uh, defense from Newsom. He just kind of immediately spun into banalities. Jesse out in Portland, Oregon, potentially the liberal capital of America. What did you think of the red versus blue state debate uh, performance from Newsom and Hannity? Uh, Newsom, Hannity, and I guess also uh, certainly DeSantis. I think DeSantis knocked it out of the park, just like the other caller said. I mean, I'm out here in the, in the hub here of the liberal capital and it's, it's indefensible what I live around, what I work around, what I see, what I have to, what my kids are around. Uh, so watching Ron DeSantis run circles around Newsom, who had non-answers for everything Sean asked him, was fantastic. Just, juxtaposed with the, uh, the Cowboy Seattle game, I had a great time. <laughs> uh, by the way, how long have you been in Portland? About 17 years. I'm about half and half Cali, Portland. So how long did, when did you see Portland? Buck, you and I have talked about this a lot. We got a great affiliate out in Portland, a lot of listeners. When did you notice Portland start to f- fall apart from a, a resident perspective? I would say about 10 years ago, maybe just prior to Kate Brown. Uh, it re- when she came in, it really started to go downhill. Then you got Ted Wheeler, uh, the decriminalization of, of meth and fentanyl and things like that. And it do, just was a, do you think Ted Wheeler is that. Ted Wheeler the worst? Like, would you, would you, uh, Make the case that Ted Wheeler is the worst mayor in the United States of any major size city. Easily, easily could be the worst mayor, other than maybe, maybe, maybe Lightfoot. I'm not sure, but she's not uh, in anymore. They got Brandon Johnson. (laughs) Thank you for the call, uh, Jesse. Uh, We got Brian here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. Yes, Pittsburgh, Kansas. Brian, what did you think? The poop map. (laughs) You loved it. I'm serious. That was the greatest thing I've ever seen in a political debate in my entire life. Well, can I just say, there should be no, there should, I don't know how to say this other than to say it. There should be no poop on the streets of any, you know, human poop at least, yeah. on the streets of any American city. This should be, this should not be a thing where you could have an app to show where it is because it's so rare that it never occurs. But when you tell people to live on the streets, they live on the streets. When you legalize, you know, uh, outdoor sort of campsite activity like this, this is what ends up happening, Clay. It's madness. Yeah, and look, there's now a dispute according to Politico. You know it landed because the Newsom people are complaining that DeSantis used props. Because DeSantis brought out that and also some of the words that were uh, some of the passages from books that they decided to ban and that has got everybody riled up. So, Buck, let me, let's talk about this and we'll keep taking your calls. 800-282-2882. What, if anything, did this do to the idea? I think there's a, a lot of people out there saying this is really good for DeSantis. Did it actually do anything in the Republican debate? I think that's an interesting question. I, I think it also, it also showed, you know, it's a reminder to people, what, whoever you support for the, uh, for the Republican primary, uh, DeSantis and other governors like him, there are some others that are following his lead, um, the Republican governance model is better. It's yeah. just a better model for the states, and that's important beyond even 2024. So that was, for me, a good highlight of it. But, Clay, you know, one part of this that was a disappointment for me, I think after last night I was hoping that more high-profile Democrats would be willing to debate. I think because he got his butt kicked so badly, it's going to go in the other direction now. They're going to hide even more. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. This is a map of San Francisco. There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces 
that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a, a fact of life, except when a communist dictator comes to town. Then they cleaned up the streets. They lined the streets with Chinese flags. They didn't put American flags there. They cleaned everything up. So they're willing to do it for a communist dictator, but they're not willing to do it for their own country. One of the more memorable shots from Governor Ron last night toward his uh, competitor on that stage, Ron, uh, Gavin Newsom of, of California. And I think, Clay, it hits home even harder uh, because not only has San Francisco deteriorated to the point where that is an app that people actually update uh, with the human human fecal matter on the sidewalks, but that they cleaned it up very rapidly for the arrival of Xi Jinping, which made everybody say, hold on a second. If you can clean it up for the communist dictator, why can't you clean it up for the residents of San Francisco and keep it that way? And the answer goes to the heart of this whole debate, this whole discussion, which is because Democrats don't want to. They don't want to. Yeah, and... Here's here's something I'm going to give uh, credit to you, because I think you were the first person I heard saying this, and you've been saying it for over a year, and I think it's certainly true. I obviously think Gavin Newsom is a good spokesperson for things that I disagree with. He did not do a good job against Ron DeSantis. If you are in the Biden White House and you watched Gavin Newsom get filleted like you did last night, Buck, there's no, if, if Joe Biden is the nominee, which I still don't believe, I think they're going to find a way not to make him the nominee. There is no way on earth that you're letting Joe Biden on the stage to debate because as bad as Gavin Newsom got massacred and Gavin Newsom is smart. He's got, uh, you know, good faculty with his, uh, with his word choice, with his speech patterns. So what was I right about though? I was all excited. I was about to get a high five. So you're. You're right. If if Biden is the nominee, I don't think there's any way they let him debate. I think they say that you can't oh, yes. platform. And I think no that's way. true. Even, I, I think, it, look, I think Trump would whip uh, Joe Biden on the stage. If Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, or Vivek Ramaswamy were standing on the stage debating against Joe Biden, it would be a massacre the likes of which we've never seen in a presidential debate in any of our lives. They couldn't even allow it, and I appreciate that because I have been saying this for a long time, that Biden won't debate even in the general. They can't allow it because even the visuals of cognition, physicality, it's just too yes. apparent. It's, you know, it's too apparent with Trump. I know people say, oh, Trump is close in his age. I, it's just, I'm sorry. They're, first of all, they're not the same age. Biden is older and Biden has been president for four years and he looks a whole heck of a lot older yeah. and he's not. People don't, you know, age is not linear. It's not like everyone who's 80 is the same 80. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that that's a, that, that's a major consideration. Um, and that's going to be something that may, means that they, they can't let him debate. And the, the open, I think the open secret about this is they're just going to, Try to run the 20, the 2020 campaign all over again, which is kind of Biden in the basement. Let the machinery do the talking. Let the people around him. Now, I know you think that they're going to try to replace him with somebody. Here's what I would say from last night. Gavin Newsom. Um, I, I don't think that Gavin Newsom does better. I've never seen polls that would look at this. I don't think Gavin Newsom does better than Kamala Harris does in Georgia. I don't think Gavin Newsom does better than Kamala Harris does in, in Nevada. Uh, you know, I, I think in a lot of tight states, 
Newsom is a huge lib, and there's really no reason to believe that I think he would bring over independent voters. So I don't think he's somebody. And keep in mind, you'd have to push aside Kamala, yeah. which looks bad for Gavin New. Pushing aside Kamala for, you know, the, and, I, and I get all the emails for, you know, Michelle Obama or for an RFK Jr. unity ticket or whatever. Maybe you could make that make that case just in terms of the raw politics of it. Pushing aside Kamala for Gavin Newsom? Nah, without him having to even win a primary, without him even being the choice of the Democrats? No, no way. No chance. I think it was a bad night for Gavin Newsom to make the argument that he's way better than Joe Biden. And here, let me build on uh, the, the Joe Biden argument uh, of not getting on the stage. The one thing I would say to Trump, as we get ready, what, next week is Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and then I don't know what happens after that. I do think getting on a stage at some point and doing a debate, if you're Trump, solely to uh, disallow the Democrats to say, well, you didn't show up for the Republican debates. Why do we need to show up for the national debates? I do think that is an argument that cuts through and might be able to be used against Trump in a way that if he shows up for a debate or two in the Republican process, actually makes the argument harder to make. Does that make sense? Like if I were sitting out right now and I was watching this and I'm Trump and I'm thinking, you know what? Biden's going to be a disaster on the stage. I want him on the stage for two hours or three hours. Uh, I think that's the argument you could make. And you know, Buck, like the whole thing with watching this thing on video, I bet the DeSantis camp right now, I bet they got different clips and they're just playing them over and over again like you do when you have a play in a, in a sporting event that you like. Like, <laughs> I bet, and I bet they're zooming in on Gavin Newsom's face on some of those things, like when he dropped the line about the father-in-law and when he pulled out the poop uh, map and then when he brought out like the graphic uh, book uh, discussion. By the way, we're going to take some of your calls, loaded lines right now, uh, let you all react to what you saw last night. But I want to tell you, uh, you know this, Buck. I mean, it's almost holiday season. And I was just asking you, hey, what are you going to do for Christmas? And I'm up here in New York, and I was walking down uh, 6th Avenue, and it's beautiful. There's trees up everywhere. Uh, there are lights hung everywhere. Everybody's getting in the Christmas spirit. Best thing you can do in the Christmas spirit is give oftentimes memories about past Thanksgivings, past Christmases. My home state of uh, Tennessee, a lot of great companies. Legacy Box is one of the best. They have 200 technicians specially trained to digitally transfer your family memories. Simple, safe, trusted by millions. It's the time of the year when you can go to Legacy Box, get a gift, score in a big way with their best offer of the year, Cyber Week. 65% off if you go to LegacyBox.com slash Clay. 65% off right now. LegacyBox.com slash Clay. Get your family's memories preserved forever and make sure you do it today. Andy in Milwaukee, let's get one call before we go to break and then we'll take some more of your calls. Uh, obviously, Wisconsin is a toss-up state. Andy, what did you think of the debate last night? Good afternoon, fellas. Um, it confirmed for me a suspicion that Ron DeSantis is a machine. This man is a liberal terminator down to the end of the debate and him saying, I'll come back. He, you put anything liberal in front of this man and he destroys it. Policy, process, uh, company, uh, uh, people, he destroys it. You know, let me, let, can, I, can I tell you something? As I was watching this last night, cause it did feel like it was a more 
energized and a slightly more ferocious DeSantis than we had seen before. And I think it's because he's a, he, DeSantis is a true conservative and he doesn't despise, uh, an and, and he doesn't, argument. you know, he doesn't despise any of those other Republicans. He has tremendous respect for Donald Trump. He has, he has respect for even the, you know, for the other Republican candidates on that stage. He views them as all on the same team. So I think he doesn't have the same kind of like I said, ferociousness with Gavin Newsom. He's like, this guy's a slimy lying commie and I'm going to light him up. And that's what he did. I also think DeSantis benefits from fewer people on the stage. I think you're right about that. I think in general, you get a better debate. And I thought Sean Hannity did a good job. I think in general, you get a better debate when there are fewer people on stage. I said last call before we go to break. Let me take one more. Tracy also in Wisconsin. Uh, What did you think of the debate last night? Yeah, so the one thing, and I've heard this happen a few times in different situations, is when um, uh, they bring up the immigration mess and the border mess. Like Gavin Newsom said, well, the Democrats wanted to pass uh, policies, and it's the Republicans holding back. And I didn't really hear DeSantis say why. Like, I, I know, like, what I've heard is that there's other things thrown in it that's nonsense and wasteful and i i didn't hear DeSantis come back and say that and i i've heard it not just in the debate but in other times well it's the republicans fault because they won't help pass uh policies to help at the border but then the republicans need to come back and say well why aren't they passing that yeah you know what's interesting Um, buck i'm curious thank you for the call tracy my 15 year old who i had watched the debate said that he was willing to buy into that argument from uh from Gavin Newsom because it wasn't really addressed. And I think Republicans can do a better job. Then it makes you get in the weeds, right? We've talked about this. You've yeah. been talking about it quite a lot. Where really it's just Democrats want to keep policies the same. They don't want to erase the asylum issue, which is really what's driving so many people. Absolutely. That's the case. So we'll come back. We'll take more of your calls here in a second. 800 282 2882, what were your responses last night? Also, top of the next hour, I think the seventh ever expulsion from Congress has just occurred. A Republican, George Santos, he is out. What do we think of this vote? What are Republicans doing? We'll make sense of that coming up. Stick around. Sometimes all you can do is laugh, and they do a lot of it with the Sunday hang. Join Clay and Buck as they laugh it up in the Clay and Buck podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty on demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. 
Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of you when we're reacting to Gavin Newsom versus Ron DeSantis, the red versus blue state debate that I thought Sean Hannity did a very good job moderating last night. Lots of fireworks. Many of you want to weigh in. Uh, we're also in the next hour going to talk about Santos expelled from Congress. The, the sixth member. I, I don't want to, I think I might have said he's a, a different number. The sixth member of the House of Representatives to be expelled. 21 total stretching back to the Civil War from both Senate and House have been expelled, Clay. And 14 of those were all for being members of the Confederacy, I believe. Which they're trying to use the the Confederacy statutes, by the way, to tie this all in as well, to try to get Trump kicked off of several ballots like they tried to get Marjorie Taylor Greene kicked off in uh, her North Georgia congressional district. Uh, but a lot of you want to weigh in uh, with what your big takeaways were all over the country right now. Deborah's. On the 101 driving uh, down the California coast, I believe. Yes, what did you yes, think, I Deborah, know. of the performance of Gavin Newsom, well, your governor, last night? Oh, yeah. Well, he's not my governor. We refer to him as gruesome here. I'm coming up over the hill looking at the Golden Gate Bridge. i got to tell you, the city looks beautiful from a distance. I'll let you know how much poop and how many homeless people <laughs> I see when I get there. However, I'm just as appalled watching him as I always am. He never answers the questions directly. He deflects on his opponent, criticizes his opponent because he can't possibly substantiate any of the things that he says he stands for. As a native Bay Area in California, there's a lot of us that feel like I do. He lies about everything. We're sitting at home watching this. Our jaws are dropping. How can you possibly stand there and say that things are better? And he's done all these good things and taxes. Our taxes are out of control. We don't get anything for our money. And I have to tell you, I travel a lot. And everywhere I go, I tell people, they always say, oh, God, you're from California. How is it? I say, well, be careful. He's coming for your state, too. So be careful how you vote. Because I do believe he's going to try to parachute in, make an appearance. Why else would he be? entertaining his his best friend in china i mean it was amazing how beautiful the city looked now it's back to you know looking awful again uh, uh, san francisco i mean it's not just you know we talked about thank you thank you so much for calling in and uh drive safely um san francisco with the poop map and all the other stuff that we've been talking about i mean I, I think you could argue that as a physical city san francisco may be the most beautiful city in america I, I, you could make that case. I, I agree. Mean, just based on the geographic location of it and everything else. I'm not talking about what it's like downtown. I just mean as a physical infrastructure and geographic location, San Fran is an, is, is an amazingly beautiful city. 
and that that's the one that they've ruined through stupid policies really hammers at home. By the way, Portland's a beautiful city. Yeah. I, I, I was in Portland 10 years ago. We were talking to that caller about it. And I remember thinking, wow, this is a really cool place, but already, you know, there were some encampments downtown. You could see that it was trending in the wrong direction and it's gone way far too, way, way too left. Buck, LA, San Francisco, Portland and Seattle are among the most beautiful cities anywhere in the world. I mean, when you really think just natural geographic settings, it was funny. You remember when Newsom was like, "Don't say something bad about L.A." That, I thought that was one of the funniest parts of the yeah. uh, of the whole debate, like where he suddenly got bristly about about that commentary. But leave aside the governance. If you just visit those cities and you look at their natural beauty, those are four of the most incredible cities, not just in the United States, but in the world when it comes to their physical settings. Oh, I, the Pacific Northwest is amazing. Um, and, and I, it's, it's sad that some of the, the great cities up of the Pacific Northwest have been ceded to the communists because these should be places where everyone's, you know, going to visit all the time, right? I mean, we, we, you know, you live in, in Nashville area, Clay. People are going to Nashville for their birthday parties, for their bachelorette parties all the time. Same thing in Charleston, South Carolina. I never hear anyone be like, Hey, I'm going to go do my bachelorette in Seattle or in Portland. And I know that sounds weird, but, they're great food cities. They're beautiful. Like they should be destinations where people want to show up all the time, but they got problems. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Adrian also in California. What did you think of the, uh, the performance? You, you're a native Californian. You've been dealing with Gavin Newsom for a long time. What did you, what was your impressions of the debate? Hi, I'm uh, 75 years old, native of California. And, um, actually I almost turned it off, not because of DeSantis, but, because of um, Newsom's presentation, I'm a person who kind of tends to watch body language. And actually, I think he tries to impress the audience, not by what he's saying, but by his um, demeanor, yeah. trying to charm people. And I found it very disgusting. I almost turned it off after the first response to Hannity's question, which he never really got around to answering. But um, at one point when DeSantis had brought up the uh, books, that Newsom was trying to um, mandate in the schools. I wish uh, DeSantis had brought up a point where um, Newsom was going to withhold funds to one of the school districts if they didn't carry the books that he was mandating. Eventually, the school district caved in, and I think they um, accepted to carry the books. But um, I, I don't know how... Uh, Newsom could stand there and lie about everything when the facts are in front of him, yeah. and yet he could still lie. And that's the way I, I saw it. I just think he tries to charm people, and to me, that's very disgusting. I mean, I, I, it got so bad for Gavin Newsom last night, Clay. That at one point I thought maybe he was just going to unbutton the shirt two or three more buttons, you know? <laughs> you just go a little more like, hey, some, ladies, you might I, I've ruined I've ruined California, but look at all this man flesh. Yeah, you thought maybe he was going to flash a nipple just to try and distract from everybody and show them how good looking he is shirtless. Um, uh, that was, I, I, I do think, we haven't mentioned it yet, and we'll take more of your calls throughout the course of the show, but I thought when... Uh, Ron DeSantis hit Newsom on, you say you care about parents' rights, but if somebody goes to the state of California, you allow them to get, if they're underage, treatment to change their gender. 
that's the very essence of being anti-parents rights, right? I mean, it's one thing if you're over 18 and you make that decision, but for someone to flee to California to start to get drugs to change their gender and the, and that's permissible yeah. under California law, that's, that's monstrous in my opinion. So we're down a Republican member of Congress, George Santos, third vote, he's out. This is a uh, history-making moment. A precedent has been set. I would say a troubling one. Let's talk about this when we come back. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 